everybody. Welcome to the SPRG chat room. We aim to use this platform to exchange ideas on current and trending topics. My name is Stephanie Braukmann and I'm the general manager of SPRG Malaysia and I'm the host for today's session. I have with me here Alvin Leung, regional head of Learning Academy APEC at Purcell Kelly Consulting Group. Welcome Alvin. Thank you so much for having me Stephanie. Our topic today is what should organizations do to attract and retain talent? Attracting the right talent and making them stay and grow with the company is a key priority. But people's expectations of jobs and careers have changed completely. Alvin, how would you describe what's happening in terms of those changing expectations? Wow, Stephanie, this is an excellent kickstart question. In short, it's all about employee would like to have an increasing amount of flexibility. The pandemic has highly disrupted the way we see work-life integration. We got a growing awareness level towards sustainability. And of course, the pandemic also accelerated a lot towards digital transformation. So what a company can do, giving an echo to the needs, I would say be more flexible in reconsidering the human resource strategies. There was this interesting article published by World Economic Forum that says that people today are following the so-called passion paradigm. That means they're looking for more meaning in their work and they want to spend their working hours doing something they're really passionate about. And maybe this is also linked to this phenomenon of the so-called great resignation that everybody is talking about. What's your take on this, Alvin? Wow, the great resignation is a huge trendy word. It's all about people trying to find the meaning of work. They want to do what they love. So Stephanie, you also want to work on what you love, right? Yes, indeed. I think we all do. Just in this ever-changing condition of the pandemic, we got disrupted, which initiated us to rethink what is essential in life. People might resign because of it, but the number of getting heart attack and committing suicide because of overwhelming workload is also decreasing. There would be the good and bad signs to the same thing. I would like to emphasize that the great resonation does not equal only resonation when we look into another discovery in year 2000 from a Japanese professor, Hasegawa. There is a term called ikigai, all right? So iki means living in Japanese and gai means reason. So totally the meaning is the reason for living. And in this research conducted in a place called Okinawa, one of the southern islands in Japan, uh, they got quite a number of people having their age over 100 years old. Yeah, that's a very famous place. I guess everybody is wondering how do they do that? Right. In, in year 2000, the researchers investigate why they could have a happy and long life. The research model of Ikigai combined four things. It is about what you love to do what you are good at, what you can do to get paid for, and finally, what the world needs. So let me call it as a four pillars. Um, what I love to do and what I, am, what I am good at, so adding up together, that means my passion, right? So what I'm good at and what I can do to get paid for is my profession. When I get a job that I can get paid for, and also meeting the society's needs. That is what we call it as the vocation. 
And finally, what the world needs and what I love to do, adding together is my mission, a service without pay. See, when my passion, profession, vocation, and mission come together, this is the reason for living, which is Ikigai. Look, the model does not neglect the work parts about our professions and our vocation, right? Putting in another word, if our profession and vocation, there could be some elements about my passion and mission, I think people will hit about the self-actualization stage. Therefore, in my perspective, the great resonation does not equal resonation. It is a challenge for company to rethink how to include what people love to do and what the world needs in people's work. When people get fulfilled, who else will leave the company? Well, that sounds true. So basically, as an employer, as long as you give your employees the room to discover what they're passionate about and then give them room to actualize that, then you should have a fairly good chance of having a happy workforce. Is that correct? So correct. At uh, Personal Kelly, we got our brand promise, work and smile. Let me put it more explicitly. It is work, comma, and smile. Think about that. When a person keeps on working and simultaneously smiling, honestly speaking, it would be a bit weird, right? But then if our staff, okay, these 2000 workforce in Asia, we are working on something that we love in helping people's career. It's something that we are really strong. It's something that we can get paid for from our clients. And definitely we are a workforce solution company, right? So we are filling the gap in employment, which is exactly what the world needs. When everyone is working on this reason for living, that means the Ikigai. So you see, even work itself could be complicated and challenging. But when we get a comma, that means after the work, we pause and we reflect. We feel fulfilled and satisfied. That's why everyone smiles. This is our meaning of work and smile, similar to Ikigai. That is exactly one of the reasons why we would love to work with you. Um, this is such a good employer branding. And employer branding is something that we always um, think about. And it's so important as people are looking for specific things in the company they work for. Um, for example, how sustainable the company is or whether they are giving back to the community, also whether they have diversity. And in particular, Gen Z seems to be that kind of group that is very sensitive about all those issues. So would you care to explain a little bit more about this particular generation and, and, and how do employers um, have to deal with this? Sure. Pandemic downlessly increased people's awareness of sustainability and generation set means people born from 1997 to 2010 are being described as digital native and the most socially aware cohort. So Generation Set doesn't only show their socially aware decision making in consumption. Say they love to buy they love to buy environmental friendly products, they boycott companies and brands with unethical issues, but they also show these socially conscious decision making in employer selections. So we take notes on how to do talent attraction by aligning with these changes in employee demands. And I would suggest companies 
study further a novel concept called the creating shared value (CSV), advocated by Harvard professor Michael Porter and Mark Kramer. So. Shared value, that's different um, and that goes beyond uh, corporate social responsibility, right? Can you perhaps explain a little bit more about this? Sure. Conventionally speaking, we try to do good for the world via CSV, CSR activity, corporate social responsibility. And uh, SPLG is also having your brilliant initiative in CSR, right? So it is crucial, but it is also bringing tension to the bottom line of the PL, especially in pandemic with massive market turbulence. Even the great companies need to be mindful, carefully consider how they are going to use every single penny in the CSR activity. We still need it, for surely, but we also need to think about sustainability. Therefore, the novelty of creating shared value CSV is to break through the business for good concept. It is not to take the money away from the core business, but to revamp the business model itself. On the one hand, to earn revenue, but on the other hand, the goods, the service themselves can bring societal value. That sounds really good, but it also sounds quite complicated to revamp the business model. How, how does one do that? Can, can you share an example, perhaps? Yeah. Um, there is a digital marketing consultancy in Hong Kong. So generally speaking, generally speaking, technological advancement disrupt the traditional industry. In the old times, we needed a craftsman to create a visual billboard, for example, with their own hands. Those billboards are perfectly beautiful, but at the same time, it's highly time consuming. With the 3D printing technology, the space, for these traditional craftsmen is getting less and less. So as far as part of the dis disruptor, the, the, the marketing consultancy uh, that I mentioned just now, start thinking, right, so what can we do for the society by using what we are strong at? So this marketing agency, they create a new project, inviting the old craftsmen to be the workshop trainer, teaching people the handmade, uh, the signboard, the billboard making, then, uh, the marketer used uh, their sophisticated digital marketing uh, ability to promote the class to the corporates as part of the company's well wellness program. You see, the old craftsmen saved the job. The traditional culture is preserved. The corporate gets an interesting wellness program, and that's, um, you know, digital marketing consultancy also get a new income stream. It is the beauty of creating share value, CSV. So here is a call. To do good for the society requires sustainability. We still encourage company to donate, of course. But uh, at the same time, if CSV concept is well implemented in company, generation set talent can create social impact in their work. This is what the modern, the modern talent attraction strategy is. That sounds really, really good. And it's definitely something companies should try. I'm already trying to think of how could we do this here. Definitely we'll have a conversation with our Gen Z talent. But um, let us now shift to the employer's point of view, if I may. Um, what do you think are the main human resource challenges companies overall in Asia-Pacific are facing? Right. Um, in our previous observation, the problem occurred highly due to the closing border in pandemic. The telemobility was low, 
while the on-demand skill was undergoing a drastic change. With the relaxing border in the post-pandemic situation now, the next hidden worry is the market turbulence. Business and workforce need to be very resilient. Supposedly, the firm would they should grow gradually, but as a matter of fact, the growth curve is not a straight line. The way to pick up the business highly related to the overall resiliency from company to company. So, in our workforce insight report issue in March 2022, we surveyed 12 markets across Asia Pacific and tried to better understand the market needs and perspective towards contingent workforce. Okay, contingent workforce. Um, can you perhaps define what exactly is that? Sure. A contingent workforce means the workers within an organization who are either or or of the following types, three types. Number one, uh, the short and fixed term contractual employment. Second, freelancer or independent contractors. Three, outsourcing to agency. Okay, so this is actually the contingency workforce. And um, a contingency workforce is already a critical part of workforce strategy in Asia Pacific. We found that over 50% of all companies across region surveyed say they turn to it when experiencing a headcount shortage. So we discovered the trend for company adopting the contingency workforce as part of their future workforce strategy. This trend is accelerating. We found that about 25% of companies across Asia Pac who are already using contingency workforce will increasing will increase their usage over the next two years. So this is actually one of the very important findings. And also Almost half of the companies surveyed are currently utilizing a contingency workforce for up to 10% of their workforce. They are also planning to continue to expand the contingency workforce to 15% and above in the next two years' time. Well, it seems that it really is very crucial to have this contingent workforce and manage it correctly. Um, perhaps you could elaborate a little bit more and give some examples. Sure. Let me cite you a real-life example, Stephanie. So one day, my Japanese clients text me, Hey, Alvin, uh, you know, you see, a project team members in Singapore resigned. I'm super exhausted, so what to do? She got pretty frustrated that when she looked for an increasing manpower, so the reply that she got is, Well, we did not plan to fill the headcount. The work volume in the, po the post-pandemic doesn't validate the needs uh, you know, to have the replacement. And also, you know, I, I know that you need to have a headcount, but your project will be entered in two months' time. This is actually my Japanese clients, the reply that she got. Um, and what I want to challenge is um, you know, for a lot of organizational leaders, in some sense, we are really agile to design things on the spot or Actually, we are just thinking, you know, thinking about things when it is needed. But uh, we see that the growing needs is there to have a systematic approach to contingent workforce management. In the short future, we need to start thinking employee experience is not solely the privilege for the full-time headcount, but also for the contingent work relations, relationship.
So please don't think contingent workforce can be managed in an easy come, easy go manner. We are not in the old era of hiring part-timers to do data input. We need the on-demand, invisible professional workforce from, let's say, full-time parents, retired experts, and uh, entrepreneurial students to fill this in-demand skill. So the way how we attract, manage, engage and retain the contingent workforce become very crucial. So actually the contingent workforce, we have to think of them as a, as, as a proper workforce, not just, as you said, not just for menial tasks, but they are our uh, ongoing workforce. We have to have a relationship with just as we do with our full-time workforce. That's really important, I guess. Um, but when I think about the post-COVID period, should we consider managing all of them hybridly or remotely or should we go back to business as usual? In my sense, no matter we will resume fully or partially, one of the very crucial elements to manage our workforce effectively is again the flexibility. So after all, it all boils down to four different flexibility hints and allow me to name it one by one. Number one, work performance. It is not about the physical count of the job, but the value an individual brought in. Number two, communication and connectivity. So when to use face call, phone, email, text, for what purposes, and to home. Okay, need to consider flexibly. Number three, the work-life integration. We all need to respect and acknowledge that things can sometimes go very quickly or even exaggeratedly. So because people's life and also the work boundary are no longer clear. The fourth flexibility is about the purpose of work. In business, doing well is short term, while doing good is long term. We need to ensure the survival of company for surely. But it does not equal that we ignore people's increased demand for doing good. So be flexible in judgment and have a high awareness of self-awareness to consider what is optimal. This is all leader, all business leader we need to consider. This is challenging, but this is not an option to do or not to do in this agile business context. Yeah, I guess that we all have to learn that. And I guess that we are all still very much in the middle of learning it. Um, and as you say, there's probably also not a one-size-fits-all situation and we have to be flexible. Well, I guess we need to have further conversations on that, Alvin. Um, but thank you, first of all, for all the insights you shared with us so far. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again, Stephanie. Take care.